Welcome to Pretend I Know Nothing About. I'm Katie White, your host, administrator of COAAA. On today's episode, we are talking all things caregiving. We are joined by Tammy Smith, Caregiver Support Program Manager, and Lynn Dobb, Community Education and Outreach Manager. Let's get into it. Well, welcome. Good morning. Good Good morning. morning. Thanks for being here today. Before we get right into the real business here, do you mind doing uh, an introduction, your name and your role here? I'm going to start with you, Lynn. Sure. My name is Lynn Dobb, and I manage the Community Education and Outreach Team. Thank you. And how about you, Tammy? I'm Tammy Smith. I'm with the Caregiving Program, and I am actual Caregiver Program Manager. Great. Thank you. So... One of the things that I think we need to start with is with Lynn and kind of give us an overview of everything underneath the education and community engagement, community outreach department. Um, That way we have a full picture of which the caregiving program is one of those. So can you give us an overview, Lynn? Sure. So community education and outreach is multifaceted. We have um, Medicare outreach, for people new to Medicare or people that need information on Medicare. We have uh, our housing um, outreach program to help those that are in a fragile state in their housing. Um, We have our National Family Caregiver Support Program. We have community education, which includes our Healthy Well and Wise and and evidence-based programs, chronic disease self-management, chronic pain self-management, and chronic diabetes self-management. We additionally have our professional education program where continuing education is offered for professionals, specifically social workers, nurses, nursing home administrators. And we also do a lot of training in the area of DRIVE, which means um, for anybody that is certified to receive um, government dollars to be able to transport individuals, they have to go through a DRIVE education class. And so... As you can hear, um, there are lots of different components to the education and outreach team. And there are very, um, each person has their own role. We are very much supportive of each other, um, but everybody has a distinct focus. It's one of those departments that has a lot of subject matter experts. And so if there's a call that comes in that's for Medicare, we know that is going to Andy or John, right? Right. And that is where they live and breathe and know all of the different changes and things going on. So for the purposes of today's episode, though, we're going to concentrate on caregivers and caregiving support and the many different things that we do for caregivers. So Tammy, can you give us an overview of what you do? Yeah, so... I am so thankful to be here. So thank you for the invitation. Of course. All right. So as a caregiver program manager, I have the opportunity to talk with individuals daily about their needs as a caregiver. Uh, I do um, 
consultations. Sometimes individuals are just trying to figure things out. They're navigating uh, the new role as a caregiver that they did not expect to be, which is oftentimes the the case. Individuals are um, taking care of their loved ones and they had no clue that they would be in their position. And so they're calling me for support. They're calling me to try to figure things out. And I have the privilege and uh, the opportunity to help them navigate their new role. And some of that is just simply providing information. Okay. Uh, providing support, empathetic listening, and some direction. And I enjoy doing that, by the way. Oh, good. I'm glad. <laughs> um, I oftentimes hear some caregivers, like they're so grateful that I called them back, first of all, mm-hmm. um, because uh, we're living in a society where sometimes um, they're not getting calls back. Um, a lot of the social services, because they're backed up, trying to figure out how to help the individuals that they're working with. So they're grateful, one, that I've called back, and two, that I was able to help them navigate uh, through their their challenge or give them some information. And so that's rewarding uh, to be able to do that on a daily basis, yes. And so what are some of the resources or tools or things that you're kind of going into your toolbox um, most frequently for? or to use? Yeah, so most frequently, um, I provide information about the different programs that we offer and the programs that are offered through uh, some of our partners and that we collaborate with, such as uh, Senior Options and um, working with our partners in the various communities or counties. Uh, We're partnered with uh, eight agencies or eight counties, and um, I have the opportunity to share about the adult day services, respite care, where they can get uh, help for incontinence supplies, medical equipment. And so those are just some of the things that I have an opportunity to share with individuals. Okay, that's great. And mm-hmm. then the nationally, National Family Caregiver Grant? Support program. Support program. That is actual um, opportunities to be connected to financial assistance, mm-hmm. right? Um, Lynn, do you mind telling us about that a little bit? Sure. Um, the National Family Caregiver Support Program is under Title Three in the Older Americans Act, Title Three E, and it started in 2000. And it was the first time that dollars were actually allocated to help support caregivers versus care recipients. Most of COAAA's programs were serving individuals that are in need of that um, care. This program allows us to look at what is the caregiver need. And so um, the program, the way COAAA chose to implement it, it's very different than what's um, around happening at the other area agencies mm-hmm. oh, on interesting. in the state. We allocated our dollars um, to our county partners in each of our Franklin County and in each of the seven surrounding counties. So based on population, et cetera, a formula allows us to be able to um, allocate a certain amount of money to the county partners. There's also some dollars here for administration. And so... Um, there are five key components to the a National Family Caregiver Support Program. Um, one is information is assistance, mm-hmm. and Tammy's got that down pat. Check. Um, and <laughs> um, education. Um, uh, years ago, we developed the Caregiver Toolbox, which is a series of educational programs that we can bring out to the community. We can. Um, we also have developed a, a book that is kind of like a 
I don't know, we say a Bible of caregiver um, information. Toolbox. <laughs> toolbox. Yeah, it's a toolbox. Sorry. Um, anyways, um, and um, that has been instrumental in helping people understand the different components that come up in caregiving, whether it's financial concerns, um, mental well-being for themselves, communicating with somebody that has dementia. There's so many different things that can come up um, when you're talking about caregiving. And so education is a big piece of the National Family Caregiver Support Program and the way in which COAAA chose to um, really kind of activate that was by developing these educational programs and the the toolbox. Respite, Tammy mentioned, is another component of the National Family Caregiver Support Program. Um, And that is where if someone needed to have the person they're taking care of maybe stay a couple of days in assisted living or something like that, Mm -hmm. they can actually request cash assistance to pay for that respite, right? right? And the thing that's very important to realize is that the cash assistance, no money is going directly to the caregiver. Right. It's all about what does the caregiver need Mm -hmm. in order to be able to continue their caregiving journey. And so what does that look like? Is it respite? Do they need help um, paying for their own medications because they've you know, let that slide? Or do they need help um, with a piece of medical equipment um, that for whatever reason, you know, they can't get for themselves? Um, It's very um, specific to addressing what is the caregiver's need. So INA, education, respite, Supplemental services is a very unique category, Mm -hmm. and it is the most flexible because basically that's allowing us to say, okay, so what's the need? It doesn't have to fit into a specific slot, and so how can we meet that need? We had a recent request. was it a bus ticket? Or a flight. Oh, mm-hmm. flight to, mm-hmm. a flight um, for a caregiver to be able to get to their loved, loved one. one. Mm-hmm. And so um, we were able to work with, it's the Franklin, it, it actually came through the Franklin County Office on Aging, um, using their caregiver dollars to help pay for that flight. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's really very creative and things that you wouldn't think that somebody would be able to get help with. Mm-hmm. Years ago, we had somebody that was um, pushing somebody in a wheelchair up a gravel driveway. And if you can only imagine how painful that would be and physically taxing, some dollars were used to help pave that driveway. So it's always case-by-case basis. Mm-hmm. Every county, it's a little bit different, um, but we're always open to engaging in conversation as to is this, does this fit the guidelines of the Family Caregiver Support Program and how is is this going to best meet the caregiver's needs? Okay. So Mm -hmm. Tammy, that must feel good to have sort of all of these different layers and options to be able to pull together. So the flight example, can you share more about that story? Where were they coming from or going or what was the circumstance there? Yes. So uh, the caregiver lived in, I believe, North Carolina and their loved one is in Ohio and they're trying to get to Ohio to take care of their loved one. Uh, The individual has had multiple medical issues. And uh, they're the only living relative and caregiver. And so we were able to uh, navigate through that process to help them to get from North Carolina 
to Ohio to check on their loved one and to uh, get them more services, right? We needed to put some more services um, or wraparound services uh, for that individual to make sure that they, one, they're safe in the home and that they could maintain uh, their uh, independence without that individual being here. So that was really significant for us to be able to do that. I think that's one of the greatest greatest things, excuse me, that I, I love about this program is that we can be flexible. Um, a lot of the programs have various guidelines, and this program does too. It has guidelines. <laughs> we need guidelines. We need rules, right, to help us uh, stay in place and stay focused um, and to use our dollars right wisely. But with the caregiving program, uh, there are no Medicaid rules, so you don't have to be Medicaid eligible. And sometimes we find individuals who are in between. They're not quite Medicaid eligible, and they're not able to pay out of pocket. They're not able to pay for an aide to come and sit with their loved one five days a week. And so with the caregiver dollars, um, we're fortunate to be able to cover the cost for an individual who can't pay out of pocket. We're able to help them with a adult day services a few days a week or personal care or temporary nursing facility stay. By the time we get the calls from the caregivers, they're at their limit. I bet. And they're like, I can't take it anymore. I need help. I had one caregiver call me and he said, I love my wife. I've been taking care of her for a long time. Excuse me. That's okay. And um, he says, I just need a couple days away. Yeah. And um, he said, I just want to go to the mountains for about five days. And um, I want, I'll come back. I'll be refreshed. I'll be renewed. And I'll be able to, you know, continue to take care of her. Well, of course, we were able to get him linked with the caregiving program through Franklin County because he's in Franklin County and uh, do the temporary nursing facility stay for up to six days. And he's able to go and enjoy just some time away at the lake by himself. That was his request. He said, that's all I want. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'll be able to come back. So it gets, <clears throat> excuse me, it does touch my heart. Absolutely. Um, as you can see, um, that's one of the reasons why I was drawn to the program. Um, I know the importance of one, uh, being a caregiver. I was a caregiver for my mom um, in her last stages. Um, she had a terminal illness, and so I was able to be there for her. So I know the importance of, one, the respite care, having that support, and being able to talk about what's going on. And so I, I like that we're um, able to uh, meet the needs of caregivers in our community. Community. Um, it is a challenge when they're not able to get the services as quick as I would like them to because there's a process. Right. And so, but at least they're able to have some type of support through our agency. Yeah. And it's also mm-hmm. the caregiver program, unlike our case management programs, are short term assistance. Mm-hmm. It doesn't replace the need. You know, if there's a need for long-term case management, sometimes it can be a bridge while somebody's waiting to get onto a program. Mm-hmm. The caregiver program can kind of fit that in-between time. Mm-hmm. Um, it might be a chance for a loved one and their care recipient to experience what adult daycare is about mm-hmm. and to, you know, kind of ease into that transition. And then when they get on a case management program, that could be a service that is provided. There was one other service that I forgot to mention, along with the education, information, and assistance, and respite, um, and supplemental services, and that is counseling. Oh, yes. um, mm-hmm. 
Well, we do have um, here at the Area Agency a dementia um, a support group that meets virtually every week. What we do know is that sometimes the issues are beyond really what's going to be addressed in a support group. And so um, the opportunity to be able to connect somebody with a counselor to really help them in terms of process. You know, there's lots of emotions that go along mm-hmm. with being a caregiver. One, you know, whether you expected it or didn't expect it, it's a change in what you envision perhaps your life to be. Um, there are a myriad of emotions, sadness, grief, um, frustration, mm-hmm. and even anger. Mm-hmm. We're human. Um, and so counseling can be a really a gift to help people be able to get more longer-term assistance. I mean, the counsel sh- counseling support through the caregiver program is short-term, mm-hmm. but once they're connected, potentially they might continue under their own insurance mm-hmm. or okay. what have you. And so the counseling, we would connect them to a provider that we work with. And that would be through the county partners. I see. Okay. Okay. So um, how lucky that people can call in and get to talk to Tammy and Lynn and your team mm-hmm. when navigating these difficult times. And um, I worked at the Alzheimer's Association, and I remember how meaningful this option even was to give to folks because sometimes there really is just such limited Mm -hmm. um so many limited options and to be able to say call COAAA talk to their caregiving department and you've got all the pieces that you can pull together and whether there's something for them or not there's still you which in and of itself is a resource so Mm -hmm. So how many referrals would you say are coming from our internal team and case managers versus external referrals? Hmm. That's a good question. Perhaps Lynn, I know you see the numbers a little bit more frequently than I do. (laughs) I don't know that I have an exact number, but I would say that we are getting far more from outside the agency than internal. Okay. Um, we Tammy's going to be talking to all the um, case management teams coming up soon. Yes. Oh, um, great. Just to reiterate what the um, caregiver support program is about mm-hmm. and let them know what's available to them and how we operate and also to be able to highlight um, our Trualta mm-hmm. um relationship with Trualta, which is an online platform that um, we can connect caregivers to at no cost to themselves. Um, And that's really important. I think um, our challenge is that our case managers are very busy, no question about it. And they're focused on their care, the care recipient, their their consumer, their client, Mm -hmm. their member. And so um, sometimes, um, you know, the caregiver may not be at the forefront. Sure. Um, And so we hope to, again, just through education, just remind people that that's, you know, Tammy's here. Um, I'm here as a backup and that we have these, you know, partnerships with our county partners and that there is some additional support. And actually to ease um, the work of the, uh, the case manager, because they may not have time to go in depth and talk to the caregiver. Mm-hmm. We are a resource, Tammy in particular, to be able to engage in that longer conversation. Okay. And um, Lynn mentioned Trualta, Tammy. Can you tell us a little bit about Trualta? Yes. Uh, Trualta is an online edu- uh, educational support 
uh, for caregivers. It's free. Uh, it can be accessed 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Uh, what we love about TrueAlta is that an individual can access the information in the comfort of their own home. Uh, oftentimes, caregivers do not have time to go outside of their home to a workshop, but they're able to log on their computer or their smartphone and look up a particular topic, excuse me, um, that is of interest to them. And they can learn more about uh, dementia. They can learn more about uh, private pay services or just trying to figure out how to prevent caregiver burnout. Uh, that's a big piece. And so uh, True Alta is a lovely tool that we have and uh, that we're glad to offer it to individuals in the community free. Um, we do cover the cost for uh, Truvalta, um, and so we're grateful to offer that tool as an additional uh, help for um, caregivers to navigate through their new role or their continuation of their role as a caregiver because some individuals have been doing this for a very, very, very long time. And uh, we're able to say, hey, here's Truvalta. Have you tried this? Have you considered uh, this um, or have you even heard of it? And oftentimes they have not uh, heard of it. Um, and so we're able to um, offer Truvalta as a another tool they can put in their belt. Good, mm -hmm. yeah. And so it operates 24-7. Obviously, it's web-based. Mm -hmm. And so if you don't have a break during the day or something like that and you're, you know, kind of get through the evening routine and you're sitting down on your couch, there's probably not a support group available at 8 p.m., right, or a training session. And so this is sort of engaged with as much as you want, when you want, and, yes. you know, kind of however you want from the comfort of your own home. Mm -hmm. And so you mentioned that we offer it for free. So COAAA um, over the last two years, have we had it for two years or longer? It's more. Over the last few years, I'll say, Since then. 2000, right? No, no, that's the Family Caregiver Support Program. The actual contract with Truvalta, I think, goes back three or four years. Oh. Okay. So for those three or four years, we've been able to secure funds and utilize those funds so that we are paying for the caregiver's subscription. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think that's been a huge value add and will yes. continue to be. And mm -hmm. you were just recently featured in the yes. news, right? Was <laughs> and it the, the dispatch. And the dispatch. <laughs> I was told as a social worker, you, you have to be careful. You never want your... Uh, uh, your life to be reflected in the dispatch, right? <laughs> oh, you have to headline. like whatever you yeah. do, right? You yeah. want to uh, make sure your your life is is um, not your life, but ethically speaking, yes. yes, right. So I was featured in dispatch, but it was good, right? It was <laughs> it was good stuff. <laughs> it was for Trualta, and so I had an opportunity to meet with I believe her name was Diana uh, with the dispatch, and um, we completed an interview, and it was really a um, a great opportunity. Um, after that, I believe our numbers went up significantly. Um, so it did touch a lot of, uh, uh, reach a lot of individuals. That's great. And that's what um, we want, right? yeah, especially yeah. for a resource like this. <laughs> like there's a big return on our investment in Trawalta because yes. it's helpful, Absolutely. but it's sort of a small um, amount of workload for us, right? Yes, yes. So it was great. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Did you have star. anything you wanted to say about yeah. that? Headliner <laughs> in our presence. Yeah. I've been um, very uh, just tickled um, to see Tammy um, represent the caregiver program and to have mm -hmm. these opportunities. Um, it's great. 
It She's a good. wonderful addition. I agree. So usually at the beginning of the episode, I ask a little bit about your history, but we just jumped right in, all of us with all of our feet. Um, so let's let's kind of walk it back for a second. And so Lynn, I'll start with you. Tell me about your career. How long have you been here? What types of roles have you had at COAAA? I have been with the agency since 1992, potentially longer than some people listening have been alive. Um, And I started as a contractor and was hired to do community education under Title 3G from the Older Americans Act, which at that time was Prevention of Elder Abuse, Neglect, and Exploitation. Okay. And I developed um, four different educational programs and brought them out to the community. Um, And that was my chance to see all the, you know, really learn all the counties here because we had moved here from Boston. So I didn't know Columbus nor any of the surrounding area. And after a few years as a contractor, I was hired to come on as staff. I was part-time until 2007, and I wore a lot of different hats. I helped with the educational programs. I did lots of special projects. Um, And over the years, just it's blossomed and grown, and um, I became full-time in 2007, have had the opportunity to manage the community education outreach team, and um, just, I feel very fortunate that my job has been um, giving me all these opportunities to learn. And um, just as a point of reference, my initial master's degree was as an audiologist, mm-hmm. and I did that for 12 years back east before coming here, and I did it I did it a little bit part-time here at the area agency and part-time audiology, and then I said, no more audiology, and um, eventually went back and got my master's in social work. And CO AAA has given me so many opportunities to learn and grow. And I am incredibly grateful. And you get shouted out on a number of different podcasts, and you've had such an impact across the agency in your time here. And in addition to all of that work, we also met because you were volunteering um, to be a support group leader at the Alzheimer's Association when I was staffed there. And so Lynn and I have kind of been in the trenches together where we would host um, support groups for individuals with young onset and in a separate room, support groups for their caregivers. And so we spent a lot of um, nights and evenings and weekends together um, doing some really difficult work. But I've treasured all my time with you. So thank you, Lynn. Ditto. (laughs) And Tammy, how about you? How long have you been here? What other roles? What brought you to CO AAA? So I've been here actually this year is year number five. (gasps) Congratulations. (laughs) Uh, I came in as a passport case manager. uh, And so I had an opportunity to work with clients one-on-one, go out in the community. And so I was able to share the caregiver information with clients when I would go out to visit them. But prior to coming to SEAL AAA, I worked at OSU for 12 years. What'd you do there? I worked in Office of Diversity and Inclusion. Great, okay. So I was admin there. And um, I got my master's degree, went back to school uh, for social work while uh, working at the university. Uh, I had a desire to do more. And I felt that social work would allow me to do more. 
and open up more doors for me. Because uh, I know with social work, you can do more than just counseling. That's right. You can do a variety of things. And so like, I like variety. And so that's why I went back uh, for social work. I was a non-traditional student because I went uh, 2014, graduated in 2017 and um, started Lutheran Social Services, got my feet wet, worked with the homeless population for about a year, <laughs> helped with housing. Okay, yeah. noted, noted. I'm looking at Lynn Uh-oh. like, ooh, okay. <laughs> uh, helped with housing and helped move people with my car and everything. <laughs> Anything that needed to be done, I'm Absolutely. sure, and then some. Yeah, and it was a wonderful experience. I believe that was the jumpstart, getting my feet wet. And as I continued... Um, in that role of just looking for other opportunities to grow. Yeah. And so that led me here uh, with CL AAA, had opportunity to meet, meet with Sue. And uh, when I met with her, um, when we finished our interview, she said, you'll do good. <laughs> yeah, and, and I just had this, um, I wasn't confident, just to be honest and transparent. And she said, I hired you. You're going to do well because I hired you. <laughs> and I thought, oh, that's good. She's confident in that's her right. abilities right. to hire me. And so I thought, mm-hmm. so I kind of yeah, made me want to um, build some confidence, too, in, in what I was doing. But anyway, as time went on, um, I had the opportunity to apply for the caregiving program. And I was drawn to it because I love outreach. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also volunteered in the community. I've worked with the um homeless shelter. I've um, done a variety of things um, in the prison uh, ministries um, through my uh, local church. Um, I've done that for like 15 years. So we go into the prisons and help with individuals who are um, just get them ready to to leave. Right. And uh, so that's kind of a little bit about me. Okay. Yeah, so there's a lot more, but uh, for the sake of time. And you sing, which is why your <laughs> voice is so gorgeous and velvety smooth on the microphone. Yeah. So. so was there anything that called to you specifically about the caregiving position? Was it like some things that you saw and experienced to the home or just maybe a little change up? Well, I know during my visits um, as a passport case manager, I oftentimes spent uh, the times with the caregiver. Of course, I was out there assessing the client, making sure they had their needs. But once we would finish, I listened to the caregiver and I would take that caregiver flyer that we use now. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's been updated, but I took that with me on my visits. And now uh, we're grateful that Passport has incorporated that flyer in their packets now that they send out with case managers to give the caregiver some information and and to let them know about our services. So I had an opportunity to engage and um, intervene and work with um, some other um, county partners to help with some of the challenges that caregivers and care receivers were going through. Okay. Um, So, yeah, that kind of sparked my interest in caregiving and wanted to be um, more integral um, in terms of um, providing services, letting them know what's available, and letting them know ultimately that they're not alone. I think a lot of time caregivers feel they're alone. Um, and really, a lot of them are. Right. <laughs> Just right. to be honest. They are. Mm-hmm. Um, but to say, hey, here's a support, here's a service that's available. And um, we're here for you. Yeah. We're here to help you. I've had caregivers say, well, how did you learn about this? I've never heard about caregiving. And I'm like, 
we have to make sure we get the word out. We need to let people know that the National Family Caregiving Program exists and we're here for them. And so um, having the opportunity to share about the program uh, to help individuals on their journey has been, um, I think, a blessing for me. And Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people have either... um, fears about growing older. They don't want to uh, admit that they are. We talked about this on another episode too. And so then they're not willing to actually think proactively or they make assumptions about what people might be qualified for and able to tap into. And then the reality is like, no, most often if you are a family member, you'll be the family caregiver even more so now when we have a shortage of paid caregivers available. And so I would imagine that our role in supporting caregivers just will continue to be crucial for Central Ohio because we know what the wait lists are like. Mm-hmm. We know what the housing shortage is like. And so to the best of our ability that we can support caregivers in their journey and they might be the only person to provide that care for their loved ones. So, all right. I would love to hear what your um, favorite success story or somebody that you helped with or give us something, you know, really positive and hopeful, an example of something that you've done related to caregiving. Not that I don't care if you're like a, you know, triathlete or something like that. I do. But <laughs> I wish I was. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I would say there's several. And okay. so I know I talked about one earlier about the gentleman who just needed some time to get away. Mm-hmm. And um, I think there are just so many. I've talked with a family member who not only needed help with caregiving, but kinship care. So she's taking care of both mom and dad, and she also has relatives that she's taking care of. And Another so, emerging trend is that kinship. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. And so being able to link her to uh, the care, the, yeah, excuse me, the uh, caregiving program to get two for one, so to speak, has been really, uh, I think, a blessing in her life. And so I think that's just one, one story of many. Um, we have a lot of individuals that come through, I would say, and, and it's successful when they're able to connect, when they're able to just receive help. And uh, yeah. So Good. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lynn, any that come to mind? I think it's really each time I talk to a caregiver who just really doesn't even know where to begin, um, you know, the gratitude um, for, you know, being there, for listening to them, for calling them back, if that were the case. I can't say that there's one that stands out. It just, you know, oftentimes at the end of the day, I reflect on knowing that, yes, Lynn, you made a difference today, you know, just knowing um, the that I was there at the end of the phone to hear somebody through their tears, through their fears, mm-hmm. and just be able to validate that they're not alone. I think that that is uh, a big piece because caregiving can feel very isolating. Mm-hmm. And depending on who you're caring for and what, you know, your extended support system looks like, um, it can be incredibly hard. And so um, I, I, while I can't highlight one specific case, I think it's just the overall um, 
really being there for people that had no clue that there's somebody there that actually understands caregiving, mm-hmm. actually is willing to talk about aging, is willing to talk about, you know, mortality. Yeah. Um, Navigating and, this tangled <laughs> web of right, resources. And, right. And and that people don't even know what resources exist. Yeah. It's just, so it's, it's definitely, uh, the reward comes in, um, really being able to be there for people and to direct them accordingly. And so my final question is, assuming that you both talk about this a lot with caregivers would be around self-care, but a little kind of shift on it is for our staff and our friends who are listening, um, what advice do you have for them around how to care for themselves in these difficult roles? Or what advice do you take for yourself in hearing and dealing with such difficult situations on the daily? Tammy is the queen of (laughs) self-care. I'm smiling, uh, Lynn's smiling because self-care is so important to me. And I believe during a pandemic is when I really became in tune um, and increased my awareness uh, for the need of self-care. Uh, self-care can make a difference in how we interact with individuals. Uh, it can make a difference in how we take care of and um operate in our role. Uh, One of the things that I would recommend is just find a moment every day for you. And whatever that moment looks like. So that moment could be a time of meditation, time at the gym, time, uh, just a cup of coffee, just 15 minutes alone. Um, I think self-care is um, the foundation of our day. I love that. Start your day with some self-care. Yeah. And it can help you navigate through everything else that comes your way. Okay. I think you just started a self-care committee, and I think you're chair. <laughs> Lynn, anything to add to that? Uh, I um, wholly support uh, what Tammy um, offered. I think it's also um, boundaries, mm, that's recognizing um that there is an end to your day and do what you can to transition so that when you go home, you can be present with your family, your pets, whatever you're, um, you know, be able to make those transitions. Um, I also think that um, something that I've been really trying to embrace is um, gratitude and consciously um, taking time to look at all the gifts that I have, um, whether it is to work with people that I'm crazy about, um, to work for an agency that just speaks to the, my core values, to appreciating, you know, just being present. Um, and I think that that's something that can be really hard when you're dealing with, you know, knowing um, that you're hearing all these difficult situations daily and just know that you've done your best and, you know, take care of yourself. Give yourself that opportunity to transition um, when the workday ends and to, um, I think sometimes the stories help me realize just how fortunate I really am. Yeah. And I think we can lose that in um 
in the kind of sometimes chaos of our days. Yeah, it's a good reframe. Mm -hmm. So for people listening, um, how do they get a hold of you? How do they find out more about our caregiving resources or Chualta? How would they do that? And what about staff? Can they find things on the intranet? Yes, they can go to, they can go both to the internet um, on our webpage, um, our website. They can go to the intranet. They can reach out to us. Um, they have a situation. We are happy to talk to them. Um, and we've also seen um, a lot of our staff have been in the role of being a caregiver as well. And I know over the years people have reached out um, because even, you know, they're lucky that they work at an agency that is sensitive right. to the role of caregiving. Um, but you can know things professionally and then you're all of a sudden doing it yourself. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, we are there to try and offer that additional support. Um, so I would also say they can come and see me. Okay. I am across the hall from the education room and Lynn and I were a couple uh, doors down from each other. So they can come and knock on my door if they want to have a conversation. I'm more than open to do that. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you both for your work every single day, for being here, for sharing more. I really appreciate it. Thank, thank you. you. I hope now you know something about our caregiving program at COAAA. Special thanks to Lynn and Tammy for joining us.